What is up, guys? It's your boy, Coden Pablo. We back in the building. No cap, all stats podcast. You already know the vibes. I'm here with my main man. Introduce yourself. Brandon Lowe, the one and only. You already know. The one and only. The one and only. So, guys, we back. Uh, with an exciting episode we did one for the preseason for the new NBA season Um, but now we are back at it for week one Um, so make sure you guys are checking it out Uh, I upload the episodes on Anchor and it goes out to Spotify Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and all that good stuff so make sure you guys are following me and Lo um, we'll shout out our IG handles at the end of the episode, but uh, but without further ado, let's get right into it. So first thing we're going to talk about is the NBA 75. First of all, Lo, how you even feel about that? Like, that's crazy to, to think that the NBA has been around for 75 years. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Just, just like you said, it's crazy that it's really been this long. And it's like, I've been a fan, you know, actually really watching it since maybe 2004. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got to experience almost 20 years of it. And just to think about all the all-time greats that we've had that nobody even really talks about anymore. Right. But it's it's good that we get to appreciate those guys and you know let them know out of all the hundreds of players that came through this league, you made it to the top 25 or the top 75 because you put in the work. Right. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better. I mean Looking at this list, it's it's really crazy. Um, you know, we're going to get more into it, but, you know, a lot of people that made it on this list are well-deserving of it. Um, these guys are Hall of Famers, you know, legends. Um, I mean, it goes from having Jason Kidd to Scottie Pippen, Paul Pierce, Chris Paul, Kevin Garnett. I mean, these are the guys that, like, you think about, right? Like, subconsciously when you're thinking about the NBA and the best players to play the game, aside from like LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe, like these are the players that come to mind. I mean, Steve Nash, like it's really hard for me, like from a glance to argue with a lot of these, you know what I'm saying? Um, Besides even like the super greats, like just the great players, like Isaiah Thomas, um, Bill Walton, uh, and Reggie Miller too. He was, uh, he was actually really surprised to be on the list, but I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people that that we as a younger generation look up to in the NBA, there's a lot of people that they look up to. So they they got to realize they these people are what built the NBA. This is what we what we came to see. No, 100 percent. So it's crazy. Like one player that I saw, I was a little surprised, though, was uh, Anthony Davis. So how do you, real quick, just from a, a super glance, like what do, what do you think about Anthony Davis being on that list? You think he's deserving of that? Uh, I, I feel a certain type of way about it. I mean, I feel like he's it's too too early for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's, of course, a dominant player. But right now his career, for him to be, he should be in his prime. But, you know, LeBron James is definitely great in showing why in my opinion, why he's the greatest of all time. But Anthony Davis needs to pick it up. Now, he couldn't win until LeBron got there. He, you know, he couldn't get past the second round of the playoffs. Right. And then he got a championship when he went to the Lakers with LeBron. So I feel like 
there are other players that are able to carry teams, but Anthony Davis is definitely dominant. He just got, he just has to stay healthy and keep putting in the work. But I think he'll, I'm not mad that he's in it though. Yeah. It's uh, it's really funny. Cause um, you know, from my perspective too, I had super high expectations for Anthony Davis. I thought one year he was going to win MVP at this point. Like for me, it's like, and a lot of people are saying this too, that like he should be, he, he was very passive even when they won that championship, like he was great in the playoffs and all, but he was somewhat passive and, you know, we're still kind of waiting for him to take over, you know, uh, LeBron James is getting old, man. Like, and we're going to get more into the Lakers, but just, you know, LeBron can take over, but there's only so much he can do. He's in year 19 now. Right. So I'm still waiting for Anthony Davis to take over personally and, um, you know, this is kind of going to be the start of our debate about some of the players that got left off of the list. Um, you know, at first it's like, why does it matter? Right. But, you know, they made the list. Right. So obviously somebody had to not be on the list. And, you know, that means that somebody wasn't thought of like that great. I mean, not to say they aren't great, but that's just that's what people you know are going to say. Um, so the reason why I bring this up is one player that comes to mind. And I kind of thought about this too. Um, there was a list of like notable players that weren't on the, uh, NBA 75. And one of the ones I think should have made it. And I agree. A lot of people agree with this is Dwight Howard. And honestly, I know Anthony Davis is better like now, but career wise, it's a debate, man. Um, I think Dwight Howard should have been on that list. And I want to ask what you think about Dwight. Yeah, I believe Dwight Howard should have been on the list. Um, when I think of the top 75, I feel that the way you, you get on this list is you have to you have to have some form of domination in the league. Right. And when Dwight was on Orlando for a good four or five years, he was the best you could argue best player, best center. He, he was dominant. And I feel that, you know, he, he took his team to the finals. You know, he was surra- surrounded by shooters. You know, he had Stan Van Gundy and all that. But he had those five years where nobody was arguing he wasn't the best player. For yeah, Andy I mean, Davis, I can't – you can't say that. No, he didn't have a time where he could say, I was the best. So I feel like Dwight Dwight had a better impact, especially defensively, catching lobs. You know, he he was able to do it all. So he he I think he should have been on there. Yeah, and it's kind of funny too because uh, this is a side note, but uh, during the what what game was it with the Lakers? I forgot which game it was, but uh, they had an altercation between the two. And I bet somebody was making a meme about like, man, you on the NBA 75 list, like what's I should be on the list. But um, yeah, I completely agree with you. And, you know, Dwight Howard made it to the NBA finals. Like yep. he was the leader on that team. He was the best player on that team. Um, and he I forgot how many years, but he was a defensive player for like two or three years. Right. Um, defensive player of the year. Um, and he was just so dominant. I mean, he was just like, the next Superman, right? Like Shaq was talking about that too. So it's just surprising that, you know, people undermine his career just because of like a lot of the shit that happened, like in the 2010 era from like 2010 to now where he switched a lot of teams and 
um, you know, wasn't in the league for a little, like got injured and, you know, just the fact that people undermine him is, is crazy to me. I mean, look at his career, look at the stats, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think Dwight, like, like I said, Dwight is one of those players that he, he was one of the last great big men in the league. Everybody else now, it, like Rudy Gobert is the only person I can think of who is the traditional big man. Everybody else is looking to shoot, looking to, you know, extend the floor, which is not bad. You know, that's just how the league came into. But once that switch came and NBA started changing to stretch fours and stretch fives, that's where Dwight started feeling that impact. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's nobody really else in the lead like that. The league um, like that now, except for Rudy Gobert, like you said, um, I can't even think. I mean, I like Sabonis. Um, he's a little bit shorter. You know, he's not like a full-fledged rim protector, too. Um, JaVale McGee, right? But he doesn't play that many minutes. Um, he's a great pickup for the Suns, though. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. So It's really like like um, I would put maybe Miles Turner in there. He's more defensive-minded. You said Miles Turner. I better say that again. Yeah, yeah, I was saying Miles Turner, I think, is another defensive-minded big who doesn't look to score as much, but his more focus is on defense. Yeah, he's he's very valuable. I mean, people talked about him not being that great of a center, but I think you have to realize, like, these centers, especially someone like Miles Turner, the defensive end is where they're going to make the biggest difference. Um, and at the end of the day, defense wins championships. So, um I'm a little annoyed. I had this stat comparison, but I cannot find it. It was comparing Dwight Howard and um, uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, people are really on top of this stuff. So I might have to uh, post this up somewhere for you guys to see. And uh, yeah, um, that's just crazy. Uh, some of the other players, too. I'm not sure. Did you hear about anybody else that wasn't on the list that didn't make it? Uh, I know we talked about Kyrie a lot. Oh, Kyrie. What do you think about him not being on the list? That's right. He's not on the list. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I'm, I'm not even mad. I, I don't think he should be on the list. Um, mm. I don't think Kyrie is, had a great career. Like he's he's a you know great ball handler. You know, he can make tough shots, but he didn't he hasn't accomplished anything like himself. Right. He okay, he, he was on Cleveland after LeBron left. They couldn't even make the playoffs. Okay, LeBron came. He hit the big shot. Okay, he he hit the big shot. Nice. He goes to Boston. They're they're better without him. Right. You know, everywhere he goes, it doesn't seem like. Excuse me. It doesn't seem like no. He's really a big part, or he's the leader leading that team. Right. So so I don't. I'm not mad at that. He hasn't accomplished anything. He's never been the best point guard in the league. He's never been, you know, the leader to lead his team to the finals. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm a little biased. You know, I'm a Celtics fan. So when he was with our team, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Celtics fan, but think about this. He had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, to me, that's a playoff team. You know, you add Al Horford or something like that and, and some decent bench players – you got a you got a championship squad right there or like not even a championship squad, but you you can contend in the East. Um, and obviously he got hurt around that time. But, you know, he, he wanted to stay and then he changed his mind and just left. And he's just not really trustworthy. 
Um, you know, I'm not trying to get into that that kind of stuff, like personal stuff about him, but obviously he's just not a leader and he's not fitting around anywhere, like basketball-wise. I'm not I'm not trying to uh go for his character, but look what's happening in uh the Nets uh situation now. Um, he didn't really make the most out of the Boston situation. And then Cleveland, he forced his way out. So you look at that external stuff, it's just, and it kind of goes into the basketball stuff. So definitely agree about that with Kyrie. Um, you know, what's crazy though, <laughs> this player, I definitely don't understand why he's not on this list. Uh, I'm going to try to uh, make you guess real quick. So I have his okay. career summary. Okay. He played, um, wait, before I get into who he played for, his stats, uh, he averaged 20 points a game. I thought he averaged more. Um, four assists, and he has a PER of 22. And he played like, you know, he looked up to Kobe. He played for teams like Toronto, Houston, Orlando. Um, it looks mm. like Orlando, he averaged the most points. He averaged 32 points and 28 points in 2003 and four. Can you guess who this is? Mm. Small forward, small forward. Small forward. Sound like uh sound like Tracy McGrady. Oh, yo, I really he didn't even look this up or nothing. I really nah. like, asked like, him on the spot. So that was perfect, bro. It's what? crazy. He's not on the list. Low, how you feel about that? I, I didn't even notice that. Man, uh, I I thought he would have been on there, but I guess <laughs> I mean because Trace McGrady doesn't have a ring, right? No, he doesn't. Are are every is every person on here? Do they all have rings? Hmm, like, is there a good? No, no. I think a, uh, uh, AI. Mm, I think AI is on this I mean, list. It might have to be. There might have to be like like Iverson was the greatest. He he was the greatest player on on the court, you know, arguably one of the greatest players ever when it comes mm. to that position. So I mean, I don't know. Carl Malone, uh AI. So these and Reggie Miller too. So it, it's not all about the rings, but uh Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Okay, real quick. Mello's on there? Mello's on there. Uh I mean, I'm not gonna oh, lie know. though. These numbers are lacking a little bit, like career-wise, 20 points a game, I feel like. But I do understand he got injured, um, but he played in the league for a while, you know? I mean, it looked like, though, for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight seasons he was averaging, it looks like 24 a game, at least 25 a game for, like, eight seasons wow. straight. I gotta, yeah, we gotta go back to Melo at some point. I'll, I'll look him up while we're talking about it, but uh, I don't know. What do you, real quick? Do you think you think Tracy or and Vince Carter too is not on there as well? So, mm-hmm. would you swap one of those guys for Melo, or do you think um, Melo should, should stay there? I think I think Melo's good, but I I feel like I wouldn't have been mad if they swapped Melo for Trace McGrady, just because of I mean, um, not trying to be biased or anything, but I'm more. When like, I feel like Melo would look up to Tracy McGrady, right? Now he, the way he was able to score and all this other stuff. I mean, Tr- Melo would have Melo would have been even better if he didn't take that year or two off. You know, when he when the Knicks didn't want to uh, play him and nobody wanted to sign him. You know, he mm-hmm. could have had he could have had so much more. Maybe they put him on there because he has so many uh, gold medals though. 
Yeah, he had the gold medals. Um, he only the highest he's ever averaged in one year was for the Knicks in 2012, 2013, 28 points a game. Um, and a lot of the other seasons, he had one other two, okay, two, two more seasons where he averaged 28 points a game. This was in Denver. So, but for the most part, his average isn't too bad. He averaged 23 career-wise. His PER is a little bit lower at 19. Um, let me see their field goal percentage because I don't even count their three, but Tracy had 33% field goal percentage from the three and then 43 from the field. Carmelo had 44 from the field and 35%. I mean, very, very similar, right? So it's it's kind of hard for me to, uh, to determine that. But from that view that you were saying, um, his win shares are a little bit higher, Carmelo's. But from that viewpoint okay. that you were saying, Carmelo, you know, he does look up to Tracy McGrady at the end of the day. So it's kind of like it's hard for me to pick Carmelo over him, but it's Carmelo Anthony. You know, he has his own imprint on the game, too. I think also this list, it, it might not just be about th- – there might be a factor in this where it's like it wasn't just about um, how good you were on the court, but, like, how iconic you were as well. Yeah, it could be. Now, there's a lot of people on here that I don't – I'm, I'm too young to know. Right. So, so I, I can't talk about them. I'm done. All right, so we pretty much covered the NBA 75. Let's move on to the next topic and talk about some of these rookies. So what I, I just want to know, so what rookies have been standing out um, to you this first week? Um, well, I, so far, you know, uh, Cade Cunningham hasn't played yet, so I can't really talk about him yet. Um, uh What's his name? Evan Mobley has been doing doing really good. I have his first game. He he did really well with Cleveland. Um, they just played. They just played Atlanta. I think yesterday. Mm-hmm. Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley did really well. He, they he was a part of the team or a part of the reason why they beat Atlanta. Um, oh, Mo, you said Mosby. That's uh the Cavs, right? Yeah, Evan Mobley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then um, I'm watching uh Green play right now, and you know. They're getting blown out by Boston, but he's yep, really team. well now. Sorry, he's he's you know blowing them. He's shooting really well. He's scoring. He's doing everything good. And then there's the kid from uh, in Toronto right now. He just had a monster game. Uh, I don't you know. He missed maybe a few shots, but he had a monster double double. Now I think it's the top four picks of this year are mm-hmm. going to be really good and. My biggest, uh, my biggest guy that I want to look out for, he might not be great offensively yet, but on the Kings, Davion Mitchell, mm. he is a monster on defense. Like his, his whole mentality is defense, and I just love it about him. You know, he's not somebody's coming in trying to score thirty a night. He wants to guard the best player. You know, this this little rookie wants to a guard wants to guard your best player. I think they had a play where um, it was. The Kings versus Utah, and it was Mitchell versus Mitchell, mm-hmm. and it it was nasty. You know, he the percentage that he was able to hold that team to whenever he was guarding, you know, whatever guard, he was able to hold him down to like twenty five percent. So defensively, I think he's going to be really good, but you know, it, it's still too early to tell. Once once Cade comes back, then I'll be able to see how good he is. 
Uh, but right now, I think Evan Mobley is going to be the leader in uh, rookie shares for this week. Yeah. No, those are um, some of the guys that are standing out um, to me. Also, I think he's a rookie. Quiz, uh, Chris Duarte, is he a rookie as well? He plays On, for the uh, Indiana. Let me see. No, it looks like. No, I don't think he is. No, he is. This is his first year with the uh, NBA, but he's not. Oh, okay. um, I don't think he was in like that class. It looked like he went to the G League or something. First round, 13th pick. High school. No, he he's a he's a rookie, too. So okay. I seen him because I watched some of the Pacers games. Uh, he's not doing too bad already averaging 20 points a game on three games. But obviously, the guys that you mentioned are killing it as well. I didn't take a look at Davion uh, Mitchell, but I've heard of him. Uh, I'll take your word for it on the defensive end. And obviously, um, too, Jalen Suggs is playing a big role right now uh, for the uh, Orlando Magic because they are just – I don't know. I think they had um, – is, is what's his face? The, he played for the Sixers. Is he still on the team? Um, Who are you talking about? Got his name. It was, he was playing for the Sixers, and now he's on the uh, Orlando Orlando Magic. Oh, Michael Carter Williams, or um, I'm sorry, um, Markel Fultz. Uh, Markel Fultz. Yeah, yeah he's not I don't playing think this he's, year though. He's not playing this year, so it's yeah, like Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are kind of just there. And when I saw them playing against the Knicks, they were getting trashed. I'm like, well, they're playing against them right now. Actually, they're they're competing, but they played against some some team the other day. It was probably the Knicks before. And they're probably just playing a back-to-back, but they just look like they're struggling. They got to really figure things out, um, even when I look at this roster. But anyway, uh, and they got RJ Hampton, too, like just there, just to, yeah, on the yeah, island. Yeah, they're, they're really guard-heavy. Yeah, just like our team. We're really guard-heavy, too. We got a lot of short dudes on our team and really, like, we need more size. But uh, anyway, yeah, some of these rookies are very notable. Um I mean, how do you feel about Jalen Green? Like, obviously, we talked about him, and I agree that, like, he just wants to take over. He wants to prove he's number one. It was actually really funny because during the game, I was watching it too. The announcers were – someone mentioned him, and he's like, yeah, I want to be – you know, he didn't say it, but it was a quote that he wanted to – he believed he should have been the number one, right, number one draft pick. And the announcers were like, my guy, it's it's cool. You're number two. Like, chill out. (laughs) And I think it's cool – funny because – the announcers are coming from a perspective of like, listen, like Paul Pierce, a lot of guys, like they weren't number one or whatever, but like they made it, you know what I'm saying? Like they, we, we have a winning culture, the Celtics yeah. organization. So, you know, hopefully he can win game. He can win and build a culture there. So how do you feel about him? Like I, we talked about it before, but like, do you think he's just going to go for the numbers or do you think like, you know, he can actually make a, a winning culture in Houston? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think he can make a winning culture, but I think he wants to be the number one option no matter who comes to it. He wants, he wants it to be his team, and he wants to make the the Pistons pay for not picking number one. Mm-hmm. He just wants to – he wants to be like – he believes that he's the best person in the draft. And right. the Pistons the Pistons chose Cage Cunningham because they thought, they thought he was the best person in the draft. Even mm-hmm. if they didn't think he was the best person in the draft, they thought he was the best fit for what Pistons were trying to make. Right. So, so Jalen Green is just, you know, he wants to get his numbers and he wants to be rookie of the year more than he wants to win a championship. And when it comes down to it, okay, nobody's expecting 
the Pistons or the Rockets to make to win a championship. But when your mindset, like this is why I like Cade, he's so mature that his mindset is, I want to do what need what I need to do to make this team win. Not, I'm trying to get 30 tonight, and even if we lose, I still got my third. So yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like Jalen Green's just, you know, he. I'm not gonna say he shouldn't do it. You know, he, if he wants to talk that way, that's cool. You know, he's he's a, a he's a he's a walking bucket, so he can he can walk the walk. You know, he he can talk the talk, but when it comes down to it, I feel like that can mess up your team's chemistry. Right. You're not doing what you what your team needs you to do to win. You, you know, he he might want to be the next Kobe. You know, have all the defenders guarding him, and he still want to take that shot. Maybe. I don't know, but you know, but he he's he played pretty great today. He's uh, I'm watching him play against Boston, and you know he's he has 23 points, four rebounds, three assists right now. He's shooting seven out of nine for three, so you know he's balling. But mm-hmm. uh no, I hope he's ready to compete for that rookie of the year. And that's not you know from Cade. That's from Cade. That's from Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, all of them. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's like, you know, I feel like he should have saved that talk for like, I don't know, maybe it's different now, but I feel like he should have just focused on, you know, keeping quiet, but still doing what he's doing now, right? Being cocky, getting the points, and then maybe two or three years down the line, it's like, okay, now talk your shit. You know what I'm saying? Because that increases your value. But if you create all that noise now and you set super high expectations and it's like literally your first year in the NBA, it's not, I don't think that's good. You know, like I feel like with LaMelo ball, he's an exception, you know, he didn't have to win, but he was just doing his thing, you know? Um, but he didn't really bring that tension on himself too, too much. You know, he just kind of played. Right. So I feel like he should kind of take that same mentality, like just play um, yeah, and yeah, build LaMelo, that chemistry. Yeah. LaMelo, I feel like he didn't, he didn't talk when it came to LaMelo and Lonzo, they didn't talk. They just right. played. It was exactly. their dad that was that was hyping him up. Right. For Jalen Green, you know, like you said earlier, he's the number two pick. There's a lot of people that have been grateful to be the number two pick. Right. And if I could understand if, you know, he, this scouting report, you know, they was all saying, oh, he's supposed to be a top three player. I could understand if he dropped down to 10. And then, then he could say, oh, 10 teams skipped out on me. All right, bet. I, then I could understand it. But you were the number two player. You know, you're still a top prospect in the draft. I mean, I, I feel like right now, you know, it's cool. It's cool to have that chip on your shoulder. You wanted to be number one. That's cool. But if your goal isn't to win a championship, I don't care if if it's if you're the worst team in the league. Right. Your your goal, your mindset should be we need to play to win. Exactly. But I mean. I mean, that's just how I think, man. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, you know, give it your all. So if, if your mind's not in the right spot, like your, if your mind's just in, oh, I, I'm just trying to play. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to score for me, and not for the team. Then, you'll, you'll go down as a great, but you'll go down as a great without a championship. Yeah, so I, I wish think, them the best. I think guys need to focus more on the championship aspect because honestly, man. When I see a lot of the talent in the NBA, like I think I'm getting older now and I'm starting to, and obviously I watch more of the games, but like 
I even watch the teams that aren't that good because I realize every team on the NBA is good. Like every player, every team is there's a reason why they're in the NBA. So like, you know, obviously when you compare them, right, when we're comparing people like from like Durant all the way to like a lower level player, there's levels to it. But there's a lot of great players. And the thing about like Lonzo, right, like people say, oh, well, Lonzo's not as good as as his brother. Yeah, whatever. Like, who cares? Like, he's in a perfect system right now that I think he can be like he could thrive. And honestly, honestly, like him being on the Bulls and we're going to talk about this a little later, but that's just the it's not only the perfect setup for him, but he can thrive. And then like his team will win because they have a good all around team. He doesn't have to be the best player. He doesn't have to be the number one option. It's cool if you're the number one option, but if you're the third or fourth option, <clears throat> and you're a really good player, why does it matter if your team's winning? So that kind of mindset is going to get you further in your career than you trying to be like that number one guy, because that's, that's, that shit is like, to me, like people getting in your head and you're kind of, or you're not just, you're not really focused on winning. That's what that tells me a little bit, not to say that he isn't, but when you like talk about that kind of stuff, you put that in the air, whereas you just play And, you know, you let other people do the talking for you. You let other people say, oh, well, he should have been number one. And then you kind of like set expectations based on how you play, not on like, you know, you didn't even play yet. (laughs) And, um, you know, every player is good. Right. So it's like even if you're not number one, but your team's winning. I don't know. Personally, I probably would be more happy than being number one and having all those stupid accolades, because then some guys have all those accolades. And when they have no championship, how do they feel? at the end of their career. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. a lot of people I mean, say that shit don't matter unless yeah. it's MVP. Aside from MVP, really what else matters besides championships? Yeah. If, if your goal is not a championship, that's, that's the only shit that you should want. You know, mm-hmm. players now are going for, they want to, you know, go for friendships and all this other stuff so they can win championships. Like that's not it. That's not mm-hmm. the way that's, that's why you like, that's why people give so much crap to KD. You know, he joined – I'm not saying that him and Steph and all them were friends, but he joined a team that was already a championship team, you know. So everything made it like, you know, oh, your your, your ring's not real. You're, you didn't deserve that ring. I feel like if – I'm not saying Jalen Green can't win a ring with the team that he's on, you know, he, or he can't be the centerpiece. He can't build a championship environment. But if he's going to be out there looking for rings – or looking for points and accolades and all that stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if he left Houston down the line to go team up with you know, somebody who can help him get a ring. And if he wants to be that number one option, then that's going to be hard for him to do that because he can't go to somebody else's team and say, oh, I'm the number one option now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, exactly. Um, going back to some of the other rookies, though, so I'm looking at Davion Mitchell's stats. He's averaging two steals a game, which is pretty good. Um, it looked like for the Utah loss, um, he had four assists and four steals. So that's that's really good, like you said, on the defensive end. And that's what I'm saying. Here's another example, right? If Even if this guy, he's only averaging two and a half points a game and obviously it's only been two games but let's just say in 10 20 games he's only averaging like eight points if he's playing heavy minutes and he's getting the steal he's he's you know on the stat line for 
top top of the league steals or blocks or whatever, and we look at the more advanced defensive stats, that could be his niche, right? So I think every player has to find their niche and what they're good at too as well. Um, obviously doing whatever you can to help your team, but you know, if he's a defensive guy, then that'll be his identity. That's that's what I think these guys should focus on. Um, Chris Duarte, uh, seeing him having 20 points a game in three games, that's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, for him, he could be a scorer, right? Indiana definitely needs a scorer. Um, even though I actually like Indiana, I used to undermine them, but they're actually a really, really great team. To me, they're like the Spurs of the East, the way they'd be playing. Um, so... You know, every every player has to find their identity. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to take some time. They, As long as they have the right mindset and they put the work in, then it'll come. Exactly. God, the Celtics are blowing out this team. We're both seeing this game. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to learn from these losses, too, going back to uh, what's his face, uh, Jalen Green and the, and the Rockets. They're definitely going to have to learn. But um, we're going to move on to the next topic. And this one's a big one, man. The Lakers struggles. Oh, man. So, you know, we're going to get it started off. I'm, I'm going to start it off by saying this. And it's funny because I was watching Undisputed. And I remember uh, Shannon Sharp, he was talking about, man, the Lakers, they're going to be great. They got to figure things out. But LeBron's going to figure it out. But, man, Russell Westbrook, bro. Like, what is going on? I mean, it's early, but the way he's been playing, it just it don't feel good. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a hold out hope for them. You know what I'm saying? But I just feel like the way Russell's been playing, he got to clean up his act. Literally, he needs to clean up his shit. Like, first, I'm gonna just start with that. What do you think about Russell Westbrook and how he's been playing so far, and how you think they could fix some of the things they need to fix? Uh, I feel that um, they just need to find the lineup that works. You know, mm-hmm. come in the game with your starters, and then since Russ and LeBron and AD are so dominant, they need to figure out, okay, okay, we start off with the starters. Then after a few minutes or whatever, then we switch to a lineup that is controlled by LeBron. Like, just say LeBron and Melo are in the game. Mm-hmm. And then when LeBron comes out, now Russ and AD come in and, you know, they try to be a duo of, you know, their time. But they, they need to figure out a way that Russ can be Russ and LeBron can be LeBron, AD can be AD during their own times. Because when you have Russ, who is just, you know, he's a he's an all-time great, but his efficiency is just not there. Like his last game, he had, you know, he had 11 points. He had nine assists. I'm sorry, he had 15 points, nine assists, and 11 rebounds. So, cool, he almost had a triple-double, but I'm pretty sure he shot way below 50%. Right. So, how many shots did it take him to get 15 points? So, I think he needs to – I think he needs to slow the game down. So, you know, but that's not Russ. He can't tell a train to slow down when a trains are meant to go fast. So, uh, I mean, you just got to – they just got to figure it out. That's it. I think if they can have Russ and AD figure out a pick-and-roll game or, you know, something like that, I think they could be deadly. But, you know, it's going to take time. I'm yeah, not going to call them out yet. Yeah, it's hard for me because, like, 
it just pisses me off when I see I was watching one of the games and I just see him do some bullshit. And it's like, I guess it's because like he's older now and it's like you just expect more, you know, like, you, you know, and, and I'll think of like James Harden, like James Harden, he has his tendencies. Right. But I feel like at the end of the day, he's going to get to the playoffs for sure. And he might still slip up. But now that he has like Kevin Durant on the team, that's going to definitely minimize those errors. Obviously, we got LeBron and AD, so I'm not too, too worried. But, man, LeBron's older and Anthony Davis is passive, right? So it's like he <laughs> he has to step up. He, there has to be some accountability on his end, you know, for these game, for these turnovers because it's just not it, you know? Um, averaging, it says four turnovers a game. Like, man, you don't. We just don't want that number to increase. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit worrisome, but I'm going to let him live. Uh, I just think, like, Russell could do better. And maybe I shouldn't put it on him because there's a whole team out there, right? But, um, but yeah, man. So what I would say is, for the Lakers, the other problems besides the chemistry and Russell Westbrook specifically is the age. And I think also just – figuring out how the young guys are going to fit in too. Like some of the bench players they got, they got Chris Nunn, which is a great pickup. Um, uh, Malik Malik Monk, right? That's his name, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, those guys are great scorers, really, really undermined great pickups. Like Chris Nunn being on the heat, he was scoring, balling. And I haven't really seen Malik Monk ball like that. Um, I think he played for the Hornets, right? If I'm correct. Uh, Malik Monk, yeah, he played for them. So I didn't really pay too much attention to him, but um, he's a pretty good scorer. So figuring out how those guys are going to fit, um, you know, you got Rondo and then Russell. So, like, are they going to be on the court at the same time? Like you said, the lineup changes have to be made. Um, you know, I like Dwight coming off the bench and then Carmelo coming off the bench. But, again, Carmelo can only do so much. You know, he's he's older as well. So I don't think it's going to be, like, you know, obviously it's still going to be LeBron's team, but Anthony Davis has to take over, as we said before. And all these guys have to figure out how much they have to do, because if the workload's too much on Carmelo or it's too much on Rondo or it's too much on Russell, I just think they're not going to be able to balance that out. And that's where the problem is. Like, can you balance out the workload? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Um when it comes down to a bench or to the bench role players and everything, I feel like they don't have, um, of course they have their responsibilities, but they don't have the pressure. Like Melo doesn't have the pressure that Russell Westbrook does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He wants a ring, but like this last game against Phoenix, Melo had played 25 minutes. He has 16 points and five rebounds. That's good. That's coming off the bench. Melo getting 16 points. You did your part. Right. He, Melo doesn't need to come in and average 25 a game. That would be nice. I'm, I'm sure he wants you to be able to do that. But when you have Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and LeBron, those are your th- your big three. They right. need to carry the load. Even if Russell, Russell Westbrook doesn't have to average 25 a game, 25 points a game. But imagine if Russ and LeBron led the league in assists. Imagine if Anthony Davis led the league in points. You know, mm-hmm. they they could be so much more dominant. And Anthony Davis and LeBron have been playing great. You know, Anthony Davis had 22 and 14. 
that's good. But how efficient are they being? How good of uh, how much of a defensive liability are they being? They mm-hmm. need to they need to figure it all out. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at Russ's stats. They're still mad, like zero for three from the three. Like he's not a good shooter. So it's like, where are they going to get their shooting from? They have Avery Bradley as well, which this is like, this is what I'm saying. Malik Monk, Avery Bradley, Kendrick Nunn. You got three great guards slash shooters. You got Ken Bazemore, who's a great defensive player. But it's like, when I think of LeBron, Anthony Davis, like you said, where are they going to fit? Like LeBron, is he going to be the point guard, right? Like, I feel like there has to be like somewhat of a defined role. What's Russell Westbrook, the point guard part two? Like, I feel like a lot of these guys can fit, but how are they going to like not get in each other's way or, you know, confuse that, you know, or, or like, is Anthony Davis going to be like the score, like he's going to score um, mad points and, and lead in scoring on the team because, you know, maybe LeBron doesn't want to score as much. He wants to have more assists or is Russell Westbrook going to step up in the scoring? Um, like, I guess I have so many questions because it's like, that that like it, it's almost like you're getting excited for like starting college but then when you get there you're like oh snap how am I gonna like figure out my schedule how am I gonna work my classes what am I gonna actually do to study and and I have so many questions because I'm like how are they gonna figure it out but I guess time will tell you know yeah exactly DeAndre Jordan too coming off the bench and you got uh Dwight Howard so you, you got a deep team but just figuring out like who's going to like be the point guard, who's going to score the points and all that is, is really key. Um, They actually play the Grizzlies tonight, which real quick, man, I don't know about you, but Grizzlies are tough. They are tough. Jared Jack is looking like a new man. I love the pickup with Steve Adams, um, Steven Adams. I actually think they're going to make another playoff run possibly. Um, But John Moran is crazy. Um, I just saw him against the Clippers the other day, and he was just going crazy. They won that game, um, and they sealed that, too, with Jared Jack's uh, three. Uh, What do you think about this game? And, like, this is a good example, right, because I feel like with Memphis, they like to push the pace. They like to, you know, run the floor, um, high pace, and then, you know, the Lakers, they're going to want to slow it down. So how do you think they're going to match up with teams like this? Who are you talking about on the Grizzlies? Oh, I was talking about – what's it called uh some of the pickups and and i i think did i say his name right jared jack jaron jackson jr yeah i didn't say his full name no no jared jared jack is somebody else jared that's oh my god that's a retired player god damn it yeah jaron jackson jr yeah he's nice john Morant. you know he i i could see him being a future mvp what am i confusing then i'm pretty sure you're talking about jaron jackson jr yes that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Triple J. Yeah, he he's a nice, nice pickup. Or he's been on on the league. Their name sounds so from uh so similar. Like yeah, yeah, he's been on on Memphis. Uh, pretty sure he was drafted by them, but you know he's developing well. Stephen Adams was a good pickup. Uh, uh, they'd be even better if Dylan Brooks wasn't hurt. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're they're deep. They have nice guys who can play. And John Morant is just crazy. You know, he's super athletic. He can shoot. He can drive. He can do anything. So. Like I said, I'm. I won't be surprised if they make the playoffs. If anything, they will definitely make the playing tournament. So they're they're a rise uh, team that's going to be um, up and coming. So I would be. That's a team to look out for. 
my bad, Jaron Jackson Jr. I said his name completely wrong. But yes, this guy is actually looking like a new man. You know, um, I just look at this team because like I'm, I'm starting to pay attention to the teams that like were OK. But I feel like when you have like when you have a lot of losing seasons and then, you know, aside from being the Pistons, like if you're the Pistons, you're always trash. Right. But besides the Pistons. Right. If you're a team that has been, you know, they almost actually they did make it to the playoffs last year. Right. They did. They were in the first round. Um they were consistent. They had, you know, a lot of their players they brought back. And I feel like some of the players, they look new. They're going to, they look fresh. They're going to start um, really trying to like push and, and be a consistent playoff team. And when you have teams that are like, they have the same players and they, they look refreshed, you know, they just look good. So that's, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but I was just bringing that up because I feel like the Lakers also have to figure out how to match up with certain teams you know, how to play slow and how to pay, uh, play fast against these kind of teams. Because there's going to be a lot of young guys gunning for them, too. Uh, don't get it twisted. So um, yeah, They need to just figure it out defensively. Mm-hmm. But, hey, man, you got LeBron James on your team. I don't care if it's, <laughs> if it's year 30. <laughs> it's going to be year 30 and shit, and LeBron's still going to be um, bringing his team to, like, the playoffs and shit. Like, can you imagine? Like, He sure will. <laughs> like I would I feel like seriously if it was like year 25 people would still be like putting some money on LeBron to make it to the playoffs or something like oh man that would be crazy if he was a starter and he only played like 20 minutes can you imagine <laughs> I really like I'm laughing because I feel like that's what's gonna happen like oh man um let's move on to the next topic though is you got anything else you want to bring up with the Lakers before I uh not it. all right bet so we're going to do one of my topics, man. I don't know. Maybe it's it's too early. It's too early, low, but the Bulls, man, the Bulls, man, they look good, man. What, what do you think about the Bulls so far? Uh, I'm I'm not that impressed. What? I mean, they're, they're a good team, but I'm expecting them to be in the playoffs. But two other games were against the Pistons. Both times didn't have Kate Cunningham. The the first game of the season, uh, Bulls and Pistons, the one I was at. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was expecting the Pistons to compete, but I wasn't expecting the Pistons to, you know, I, I was expecting them to get blown out. I thought, you know, Zach Levine had like 31, 31 or 32 that game. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, they, I wasn't, I didn't feel like they were dominant. And, you know, it's, it's early. You know, they're still figuring out chemistry and all this other stuff. They look good, but, you know, like you said earlier, everybody's a, everybody's on an NBA team. They, you know, they're NBA players, so everybody's good. But when you have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Vuk and Lonzo, I feel like I had a higher expectation with them, and it might have been just too early. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're 3-0. So I, I'll give them their credit. But, I mean, I'm not – I still expect more from them. They haven't really played anybody that was tremendous. Every time they played somebody, the number one option was hurt. Cade Cunningham mm-hmm. was out twice. Zion Williamson was out when he played the Pelicans. So I'm not saying that the Pistons would have beat them both times, but I, if Zion was in that game, that game could have been totally different. Who knows? Okay, well – you know, first of all, to dispute that, I I kind of get what you're saying, 
because I think maybe defensively, right, they're going to have some challenges. They're going to have to really have that tenacity. But I think, you know, with uh, Zach, what's his name? Um, Lonzo and Caruso really being the, um, the brains right there. They're smart players and they're great defensively. And, you know, I kept seeing Caruso lock up some of your players on the Pistons. And I'm not trying to say that to hurt your feelings, but I'm just saying, man, like they have defensive players on their team. Um, They got young guys on their team and they got all stars on their team. You got Vucevic, Zach Levine, and you got DeMar DeRozan. That's just three of their scores. And then you got a bunch of other guys that can score when they need to and play defense. Um, You're right. They didn't have all the players that they need to have on either team. But when you look at the two games with the Pistons, one of them was really close. And then the um, the closest game, they actually did blow them out by like 13 points. So, you know, it, they're still an NBA team. Like the Pistons, I trash them a lot. But at the end of the day, they're still, a, you know, a team with young guys that can that can ball. And, um, you know, you got Sadiq Bey, he had 20 points. And everybody else was <laughs> held to below that below 20 points. So but when they when they play teams like like Brooklyn when you have mm-hmm. scorers on that team, you have actual hoopers. You right. have people who are leading the league. I, that's when I can test them, when I can see, oh yeah, they're they're a real deal. I'm not saying they're not good. They definitely have all-stars. They definitely have defensive players. But they haven't really been tested yet. They right. haven't played against the top the playoff teams yet. They haven't they like I said, okay, yeah, it's for one thing about Chicago is the like for the Pistons when the Pistons play them, they have to worry about Zach Levine, they have to worry about Demar Derozan, they have to worry about all these people. When they played the Pelicans, all they really had to worry about was Brandon Ingram. But put Zion in there, now they got two different people they got to worry about. That changes your whole defensive set. They haven't played a fully healthy team yet. I'm not saying I'm not taking their wins away from them. Right. You know, they earned them, but it's too early for me to tell how good they actually are because they haven't played teams that are, you know, at least 90% healthy or, you know, the people that are hurt aren't the best person on the court. Right. So let them play. They could let them play Boston and, you know, Jalen Brown is not hurt and Jason Tatum's there. Now they got two people who could score and play defense against them. Let them play. And they're, they're playing good, but I'm not impressed the only reason why I am is because, like, to me, you're going to watch these NBA games, right? And you're going to be like, okay, this team is obviously not good, and this one is definitely a playoff team. And then maybe categorizing into three, like playoff team, definitely a playoff team, maybe a playoff team, and then definitely not a playoff team, right? So when I see the Pelicans, even with Zion, I'm kind of like – in between the maybe and definitely not a playoff team. So you're going to use those teams to get the repetitions in. So I'm not even a Bulls fan, but you got to get something under your belt, like some games under your belt. Obviously, they didn't get tested yet, but I'm just looking at it like I'm kind of projecting because I'm like looking at the roster and I'm like, man, they just have such a good squad. Like they their players fit great. Now with like the Nets, they got Kevin Durant, right? And they got James Harden. But outside of that, it's just a bunch of old guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, old. And I don't think they're – I don't know if they could be reliable. I like Patty Mills and I like Joe Harris, but is Joe – you know, is he going to step up too? You know, he he didn't do that great last year in the playoffs. And I feel like they're very top-heavy. Even the Celtics, my team, I think they're very top-heavy. 
um, and we could have a better roster. So when I look at the roster and I look at the depth, they didn't even have Kobe White play yet coming off the bench. And you got a bunch of, and you, the starting lineup is great, and you got great bench plays. It's just hard for me to like see them not making the playoffs. And, you know, I was surprised by like the Hawks, right? Because when you look at their guys too, they have a great um, roster. They don't, they're not just top heavy because of Trey Young. Yeah, he could score 30, but they actually have a great team. So that's why I'm starting to lean this season more to the great teams than just like, okay, even with LeBron's team, it's LeBron, but, and, and with Durant, it's Durant, but I don't know. I just think if you have a great roster, you have a better chance of of lasting through the playoffs. I mean, look at the the um the 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 Bucks. Their team is great too. They didn't just do it because of Giannis. I mean, obviously Giannis was a big factor, but that whole team defensively too, they had it on lock. So that's why I'm just saying, like defensively, they're gonna have to figure it out. But offensively, they ain't got no worries, and they got all around good players and in a good system. Like it just seems like it's a good all around team. So that's where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, like I said, it's, for me, it's just too early. I need to see them. Let me see them uh, in two weeks when they, uh, you know, when they are going against some uh, healthy team, mm-hmm. uh, a team that's been, you know, all people have been playing in the off season practicing uh, with a full healthy team. And right. then, once that number one or number two options out, now you have to change your whole setup. So I'm not saying, like I said, I'm not taking away their wins, but let them play against, you know, just say uh, somebody who's an all-time great, somebody who's on that top top 75 list. That mm-hmm. It could be, it could be, you know, it could be the Warriors. It's going to be Carmelo. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be the Warriors. Let them, the Warriors are not a stacked team. They, they have their shooters. They have the good role players, but they're not. Hello, a team that you're expecting to be in the the top five at East or at the West. Right. Hello? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. You hear me? Yeah. All right. Um, but but like when you have an offense that's set up around a great like Steph Curry, now you gotta you gotta transition everything. So, I need to see them play playoff teams. Once, once I can see, you know, like I said, it's early, you know, okay, it's one game, but that one game is going to prepare you for the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, thinking about the Warriors real quick, too, like when you – Steph is just scary. Like when he walks into your building, you're right. Like you do have to, like, change your whole defensive scheme because, like, he, he'll shoot from half court, and it's like, man, like how do you prepare for that? But I think it's great that Klay Thompson's not there yet, so I would take advantage of that this season, you know, um, in terms of like that team, uh, you know, same thing, right. Kevin Durant walks in your building. What are you going to do? He, you can't stop him, but everybody else you can. Right. So like, there's ways to get around that. And I think like these teams are going to figure it out at some point. Um, especially too, because here's the thing, the reason why people talk about, Oh, you know, they hyped up like Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and all these other players that joined the team, they're great players, but here's the trade-off. People don't realize they're older. Every Even James Harden and Kevin Durant are a little older. Not to say that they're in a bad age, but they're older. That's why they're all together like that. It's not like they're all in their prime playing together, right? Maybe James Harden and Kevin Durant, um, but even Kevin Durant's a little older now too. So it's like there's always going to be a trade-off with how these teams are set up. 
Um, maybe I'm just overanalyzing that. But, yeah, you're right. When you do play against these teams, you got to strategize based on, like, their best player, right? And someone like even Trey Young, like, you got to prepare for him too because the way they play is very similar. Um, he's crazy. He'll pull up from the parking lot as well. It's hard to stop that shit. Um, so, yeah, like, I'm excited to see them get tested. I also want to um, move on to the next topic, which is very similar. Uh, hot teams to look out for. So, you know, aside from some of the playoff teams we think are going to be playoff teams, like who who has stood out to you so far, even though it's early? Like who's who stood out to you? I mean, to me, I know we said they're a playoff team, but I'm going with Miami. Miami, mm. it, you know, Kyle Lowry, hasn't he didn't play in their last game. But uh, the first game that they played, uh, I can't remember exactly who they played against, but uh, no, they played against Milwaukee. Yep. And um, great first you know, game against Milwaukee. Yeah. You know, Milwaukee didn't have Drew Holiday, didn't have Brooke Lopez, so they were down. But yep. their defense was crazy. Now, Miami's Miami was just a tough team to stop. And then uh, I forget who they played the second time, but, you know, everything, everything was just going well for them. <laughs> And they didn't have uh, – what's his name? They didn't have Brooke Lopez. I don't think they still have him now, but um, – sorry, I'm not talking, trying to talk about the Bucks. The Heat, they don't have Oladipo yet. Oladipo. Yeah, they don't Yeah, they don't have Victor Oladipo, but somebody who's who I think is going to have a big season this year, you know, Miami's a deep team. Yeah, and one reason they why are they're deep. deep is uh, I really like Tyler Hero, man. He, he is nasty. When, mm-hmm. Once you give him that green light to be able to run that second unit, it's, it's nasty. It's, it's going to be really hard to stop that. So what's like the big three in Miami, if you had to categorize it? Because I kind of was thinking about it. No, big three is going to be Bam, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry. Oh, just because okay. Of, just because they're they're uh, just because of their experience and you know playoff experience and all that. Uh, they're they're going to be the big three, and Tyler Hero coming off the bench, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. That's the second. Second dose of the Splash Brothers. So I mean, that's they're they're gonna be crazy. And then PJ Tucker playing, you know, the best defenders. You know, he's one of one of the craziest defenders. You know, that's another player that he comes in. His mindset is, I want to defend the best player, and he can stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So that team is just gonna be really deep. And I think they're gonna make a real good run in the playoffs. Yeah, man. I think they also are. Um, when I look at this roster, it's crazy. I'm actually going to go back on this take in a second because the next topic, I'm not going to, we're not going to the next topic yet, but we're going to talk about the Eastern projections for Eastern and Western conference. Um, But yeah, this team is amazing. Um, They picked up PJ Tucker, right? That's a really great pickup um, coming off the bench and Markeith Morris as well. Um, I do like those guys being on that team. Of course you got Bam Duncan and hero, um, which are great. And then obviously Kyle Lowry, you know, it's weird to not have him be at the, be on, be with the Raptors, but great pickup as well. So we'll see how they do, you know, and they have been doing great so far, even though they lost the game to the Pacers. Um, they did really well in that season night opener. Um, it was crazy. They were putting the clamps on, you know, obviously they took advantage. Um, let's see any other teams that you are looking out for or that surprised you? uh no that's it that's that's the biggest surprise for me okay um I don't know man I'm kind of looking the biggest surprise for me is uh I would say the Hornets and the Knicks 
just because oh, yeah, they've been super aggressive. Um, I'm looking at the Hornets and they just look like they want it. You know what I'm saying? And I was even looking at the game today. Uh, they beat the Nets at home. Yeah, they beat them today. And, you know, looking at all the players top down, like I said, they just they just look like they want it. I mean, Miles Bridges, he had an amazing game, uh, 32 points. Um, LaMelo, he had 18, five assists, five rebounds. And, oh, Miles Bridges also had nine assists. And then Gordon Hayward is kind of back and healthy, so he's trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out that lineup. Uh, I don't know, you know, how good they could be, but I definitely think, like, they're going to make the playoffs at least. Um, you know, obviously they still need to figure some things out, but they were playing some great defense. Cody Martin was locking up James Harden. Like, he would, he just kept um, doing a bunch of uh, – you know, he was trying to get the blocking fouls, the, the charges, and and he got a few of those in and and got him to be heavy in the fouls. So this team is exciting to look at. Um, I also like the Knicks now because I just think they're going to be a playoff, playoff team too. I know I sound like every team's going to be a playoff team, but no, they're definitely going to be a playoff team. You got Obi Toppin, who's going to have a great breakout year. Um Derrick Rose coming off the bench is great, right? He fits perfectly there. And when you pick up Kemba and Fournier, that doesn't put so much pressure on uh, Randall to score. But he definitely has, like, something in him where it's like, man, like, I won uh, – what was the sixth man of the year or most improved, right? Most improved player of the year. Yeah. So – and they made it to the playoffs. So, to see him, he – they were killing my team. Like, he was – he hit like some really big shots um, and some key moments. So I think he's actually going to step up to the plate. You know, obviously RJ Barrett's still fitting in with the system. Um, how do you feel about both of these teams and who do you actually, yeah. Who do you think is going to have the better season? Uh, I think the, uh, it's tough. I That's think tough, the Knicks right? will have, a, I think the Knicks will have a better season uh, just because they have that, the veterans on that team. But um the Hornets, I, it's, I think we're just showing how good LaMelo is leading that team. Mm-hmm. So uh, both teams, I'm expecting you – no, know, I expect the Knicks to make the playoffs. You know, they might be – I, I kind of expect them to be in the bottom half of the playoffs, but I won't be surprised if, you know, um, the Hornets make the play-in tournament. You know, they're, both teams are just hot right now. Mm-hmm. They hot, so we'll see. So the last topic we're going to get into, and it's kind of funny, we we talked about this before, but we've mainly been talking about the East because I just feel like in the West, man, like not that much has changed. Like I've seen a few different players. I was looking at like the the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. They picked up some guys but like Doug McDermott from the Pacers. But like these are these are like bench players, you know, like I feel like the West picked up a lot of like bench players. Not to say that that's not good, but, you know, it's it's. I just feel like the West is very predictable right now. Like it's just besides the Grizzlies and the, the, the Warriors kind of making a forefront, you know, I see the jazz up there already on the standings, you know, the, the nuggets like Portland's going to be there. So it's, it's, we'll see what happens. I don't know how I feel about the Suns. Like you said, the rosters didn't really change that much besides from the Lakers, but uh, on the East side, I think it's a little bit more exciting just because like these teams definitely got better. That's all I'm going to say. Um, even looking at the Cavs, man, I know they're not a great team with the Raptors either, but like 
these guys, they got some good pickups there too. Like Ricky Rubio, he's a very, very talented player. People don't realize how talented he is. And having him on a team like the Cavs um, is going to bring guys together. And I think it's important because when he, if he gets traded or if there's some young guys on that team, like you need that veteran pre- presence. You know, you don't want to have a team which is all young guys. Um, you know, you want to have some guys that have some experience. Um, and I think that's what the Spurs are going to go through, too, because Pop is trying to like relate to the young guys, you know. So that's just some examples um, but what I want to get into is some projected Eastern Conference, Western Conference, just for fun. So I'm going to put it on you. I know it's early, but just for fun, man, who you think is making it to the we're going to talk about four teams. So who who's the Eastern Conference and who's the Western Conference uh, teams? Uh, you have to say so, right now. So if it comes down to health, you no, know, it's going to be tough. But I'm going for in the East, I'm going Milwaukee and Miami. Mm, okay. I'm not gonna the... put uh, I'm not gonna put Brooklyn in there because like you said, the team is old, but they you know they can still hoop though. But right. I feel defensively Milwaukee and Miami <laughs> can can do damage to them and they still have the firepower to score. And then in the West, mm. the West, I'm gonna go I, I'm gonna still put I'm gonna still put Denver in there. Just because I'm a, I'm a really big fan of uh, Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. but they're getting Murray going, back too, right? Uh, they should uh, in a few months. You know, they need him recovering. They need him back. They need still him recovering. Back. But um, for them to who are who they're going to play, I'm I'm not sure yet. It's still too early. You know, Phoenix hasn't impressed me enough yet. Um, the Lakers obviously haven't impressed me enough. Jazz. Yeah, the other Jazz could, but I feel like they kept all their pieces, so they didn't really get better. So I'm not really sure yet. Ooh, the Mavs? Maybe? Nah, I'm not. No, <laughs> I don't no, think the Mavs, Mavs got Mavs enough. They haven't done nothing, Doug. So uh, I'm for the I'm gonna start with the West because the East we're gonna debate on a little bit. The West, I'm gonna agree on the Nuggets, and if I had to guess right now, it's either. I, I think it could still be the Lakers just because, like, I'm a LeBron fan. But realistically, it's going to be probably either the Jazz or the Blazers. Um, I think the reason why I picked the Nuggets, too, is because, like, if they have Murray back and they have the MVP on that team, they got a deep team as well. Good defensive guys. Aaron Gordon, I love him being on that team. He's a third, fourth option. Porter Jr. is going to, you know, try to have a breakout year again um uh, playing a full year this time as well because I don't think he played a full year last year um you know the Jazz have potential because they just you know Donovan Mitchell and that team they've been playing together for a couple years now they got some continuity they got some playoff experience and they're hungry I know they're hungry for that and then obviously the Blazers um I'm kind of a Dame fan as a Dame fan as well so maybe that's why I'm saying the Blazers but I just don't know, you know, like it's the West is just a mystery right now, you know, um, not yeah. much has changed. But the East, man, oh, you read my mind with the heat. So I got the heat and the Bulls in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> you, you're probably looking like this guy, like really the Bulls. Yeah, um, I think the, I think the Bulls need another year. I think they could do it. I just have a feeling that they just they get to the first round. 
you know, they kill it. And then the second round, they struggle, but they just find a way. And then maybe they lose in the Eastern Conference or something. And then, like you said, next year, they figure it out. The year following, they figure it out. But I just, they just got a good team to me, man. And just like the Heat, they got a great team as well. And I would give the slight edge to the Heat because they have a little more continuity. They played together for a couple of years. They got a better veteran presence. A bunch of guys that have playoff experience. I mean, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, all those guys have playoff experience. I can go down the whole roster practically, but the like seven or eight players, the first, the top eight players have a playoff experience on that team. Whereas like the, uh, and they're, they're great players too. Um, whereas like the uh, Bulls, you know, it's their first year playing together, but listen, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Vucevic. And then Lonzo Ball, Caruso, man, that's that sounds like a scary lineup to me. That's a scary, and they're young, they're in the perfect time and place. And I don't, I just don't think they need another year to figure it out. I just don't think they do. All right, I mean, they they definitely could. Like I said, I'm expecting them to be in the playoffs. It's now. Here's my last question before we end this podcast. Wait, did, what, what was your Eastern Conference again? Say it again. I forgot. My Eastern Conference. You said Heat and who else? Miami and Milwaukee. Okay. Milwaukee. I was going to say, why didn't we pick the Bucks? But what what do you think about the Bucks? Like, do you think they could repeat this year? Uh, yeah, I think they can. They You just got to – they have to stay healthy, definitely. And then they you got to figure out – there's not really – nobody has ever really – like, especially last year, you have to beat Giannis – in a seven game series, you, know, you might be able to stop him, you know, one, uh, a game or two, but you know, he's looking more confident with his three pointers, which he has been making. And once you get uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, if they can get on a roll, then Giannis doesn't have to carry the team by himself. I think they're still tough. If, if you like to say, if you have to beat them in seven game series, it's tough. Giannis is going to get his. Yeah, um, some some uh, so I'm gonna end it with some interesting stats. So if you guys check out Five Thirty Eight, um, they got a tool called the Raptor. Um, yeah, it's called yeah Raptor. So this is um, a tool that makes predictions based on the analytics and the numbers. What's happening now? Obviously, it's extremely early, but there's two categories that they have for these teams chance of making playoffs and then chance of winning the finals. Who do you think they have based on the predictive numbers that is their number one to win the finals? Who do you think they got? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. They have Brooklyn. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, if you go by analytics, I'm going to say they, I'm going to say not the Lakers yet. Um, Is it going off of like win percentages and stuff? Um. I have to do a little more research. It's based on like win probability, the score. Um, it looks like they have a thing called quality and importance. So I have to do a little more research, but just in general, it's based on the numbers solely. So it, it's crazy. So they got the Bucks number one, 22% chance of winning the finals. Guess who they have as number two? On the Clippers. East? The Clippers. No, not the Clippers. <laughs> and then number three is the Sixers. And we didn't even talk about them. Um, 
how do you to end it off based on this uh, and um, the chance of making a playoffs percentage? They got 99% for the Bucks, Clippers 77%. Actually, I have to filter it. So in terms of making just the playoffs, it's the Bucks, Jazz, and Sixers. So again, the Sixers in third place. But um, in terms of making the finals, it's Bucks, Clippers, Sixers, and then Jazz and Nuggets. And then Nets are the fifth one. So before we end it, because we didn't talk about these two teams, what? how do you feel about the Clippers and the Sixers' expectations for the season? We'll start with the Clippers real quick. Um, Clippers – they need to just work hard enough to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> and then when when they get Kawhi back, then they do have a chance. But it's all going to depend on how – if they can make it to the playoffs without Kawhi. And would you say Kawhi is more valuable coming back or Klay Thompson is more valuable coming back to their perspective teams? Uh, to their uh, – I mean, that's tough only because – they're two different types of players. Kawhi can Kawhi is more of a number one option, and uh, Clay is more of a number two, number three. So, you know, Kawhi can lead his team to the playoffs. Clay Thompson has never had the uh, the opportunity to lead a team to the playoffs. So, I but in terms like, of the impact, it's not necessarily leading. It's about their role and that the impact, because I feel like you add Clay Thompson, people say, man, they're going to make it to the Western conference, no doubt. But with Kawhi, it's still like he's injury prone. There's some external factors that, you know, is he going to be able to fit with the lineup as easily as Clay Thompson would fit into the, his lineup on the other team? So that's well, kind of where I was coming from. Well, Clay or Kawhi and the Clippers have had a healthy, a healthy team and still lost. Right. Exactly. So the, the, um, Warriors without without Klay Thompson, you know, they haven't they didn't have the last time Klay Thompson was on the team was with Steph, Clay, KD, and Draymond. Mm -hmm. They haven't had another team with just Steph, Clay, and Draymond since before KD came there. So uh it's gonna be hard to see how they um how how good the team can actually be. It'd be different if they said, you know, the Warriors were uh, a six, seventh seed or a five, six, seven seed, and then they add Klay Thompson, then I could see them being in, in a top three seed. But, you know, they've made it to the play-in tournament. I'm expecting them to make it to the playoffs if Klay does come back healthy and, you know, can go back into the form. But I don't think that – I don't think they'll make the um, – I don't think they can win the finals with just Steph Clay because Draymond's not – he's not who he used to be. Draymond used to be getting triple-doubles every other game. Draymond used to be, you know, a, a decent three-point shooter, but he's not that anymore. He's still a playmaker, but I don't think Clay is the reason why they're not in the finals anymore. I think he plays a bigger impact because you're right. The three-point percentage won't change for Draymond, but his playmaking abilities will because he'll have two of those top guys playing. And a lot of those role players, since they had to step up, in that year or two that Clay was out, like they have gone, they have gone to new heights where they can be relied on. So, um, you know, like Jordan Poole, he's he's great now. He's not he's not just like you know, okay player. Like he's actually pretty good. He'd probably be on the starting lineup possibly. So it's like, um, I think Clay won't have that much pressure on the shoulders. All he has to do is shoot. You know, maybe from running around that could affect him. But you know, it's really just. He needs that ball in his hands. So I think with Kawhi, it's it's just tough. Like I feel like he has to play the whole season and be there in the beginning. Whereas Clay, it's kind of like 
I feel like he could just kind of fit in more as a puzzle piece. Not to say they're going to win, but I just feel like the system's designed for him more so than the Clippers are designed for Kawhi. I just wanted to bring that up real quick. I didn't want to, you know, that my bad. That was like super random, but it was just kind of interesting because both of those players are out. We can talk more about that later too. We'll definitely make that a topic. Um, but going back to finishing up this podcast, the Sixers, man, uh, what are your final thoughts on that? Because the Sixers, uh, I don't know how I feel about them. I mean, they, they're just like Golden State. Now somebody has to step up. So, I mean, they have yeah, they, they have nice players, you know, Embiid, uh, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, but they need they need somebody to step up and be a point guard and be able to run the team, especially when Joel Embiid's not playing. You know, as long as Embiid can stay healthy, you know, they got Andre Drummond coming off the bench, who in their first game of the season, Andre Drummond, you know, he, he didn't score much, but he had 17 rebounds coming mm-hmm. off the bench. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be big for them. It's just gonna have to be somebody's gonna have to step up. Hundred percent. But it be, uh, Ben might be coming back possibly. So if he does, I think they're fine. But if he doesn't, oh man, I don't know who's gonna be that point guard. Like Seth Curry is not a point guard. He's he's a great shooting guard. Um, Tyrese Maxey though, that could be a potential guy to step up. So he's a great player. He's starting to develop. You know. Um, do you feel like Tyrese Maxey could step up to the plate if Ben Simmons doesn't come back? And then my last question after that is, how do you think the team will operate with Ben Simmons if he does come back? So, I mean, he he was back. He You know, he was going to practice and stuff, but he doesn't have the – he's trying to still mess up the system and trying to get himself traded. Right. So, I think the last report I seen was um, he, you know – Doc Rivers kicked him out of practice because he was messing up the chemistry and you know not taking it serious. Right. But then, uh, like the next day, now he's reporting that he has back spasms, so he can't practice. Now, well, I, I heard I think- too that he has mental health issues. He said that on purpose, right? Obviously, but I did see Joel and B shout him out in the opening night, and then Tobias put out a tweet. So I think they did talk. So there's a chance that he could be coming back. Nah. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening to where it's good for the team. I think there there's too much blood in the water. You know, they they don't I think the best option would be for Philly to trade them, but Philly knows they're not going to get anything that they want for him back. So I, I think they're going to hold on to him. And you know, if, if he doesn't want to act right, then they they're just going to sit him. He's just not going to yeah. play. Yeah, it's tough to say, man. It's tough to say, but Hopefully, you know, he can um, they can figure that situation out sooner than later, because I feel like for Ben, at some point, you're going to want to play and not lose money. And, you know, but it's it's tough. I get it. But I, I feel like, too, if you can talk to these guys, maybe you can at least play another season and get traded. You know, like that's how I would look at it. Like, obviously, they said what they said, but you could still play. You could still try to win. And then, you know, leave the team after that and, you know, kind of go from there instead of like, because if you waste that whole season, you're losing money, you might not be able to kind of like get back into shape. You know, he's already like mentally going through it. Right. But then physically, too, like that's just going to take a toll on Ben as well. So uh, at this point, it's not like Ben suck it up. It's more so like like try to see it from a different perspective, I guess, but we'll see what happens, you know, but all right, man, look, it's late. 
guys we did our podcast episode kind of late so we a little tired you know what i'm saying but we still did the episode make sure you guys are checking it out on anchor um the link is in our bios my handle is code and pablo uh low you want to shout out your handle oh uh, yeah yeah you can see me on instagram at goat.by.nature why, why you had to add the, the dot? See how complicated that is? Because like, you got you to make sure you know what you're talking. If you put in goat by nature, you ain't going to find <laughs> Just messing with you, man. So, listen, we um we also going to try to uh, go to some games, too. Lo, you already went to some Pistons games. Uh, I'm going to try to go to a few Celtics games. Um, and we still got a little bet going on um, a game in February with my team and his team. So, We'll see what happens. We'll see who has the better season. <laughs> of course, my team. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you guys soon. And thank you for checking out another episode of No Cap All Stats Podcast.